Good morning and happy holidays. I'm George Bodarki, and this is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. Cityscape is coming to you this morning from WFUV's Studio A, where we have some very special guests with us, a real-life sister act, if you will. The Daughters of St. Paul Choir is with us to chat and perform some classic Christmas songs. Good morning, sisters. Good morning. morning. Wow, there are a lot of sisters here today. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we go around the studio here, introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, because I know you're from all over the country. Why don't we start with your director, who's right over here, Sister Bridget Ellis, right? My name is Sister Bridget. I grew up in California, and I'm stationed in Boston at her mother house. My name is Sister Tracy, and I'm originally from South Louisiana, and now I'm stationed in L.A., in California. I'm Sister Sean. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and I am now living in Boston. I'm Sister Anne. I'm originally from New Orleans. I'm currently stationed in Chicago. Sister Julia, I'm stationed in New Orleans, but I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Sister Helena from Boston, stationed in Chicago. I'm Sister Rebecca, originally from Houston, and I live in St. Louis. I'm Sister Nancy. I'm from St. Louis, and I live in Boston. I'm Sister Bernadette. I'm from sunny Southern California. I was in New York City until August. I'm living in Boston now, on my way to Toronto, Canada. I'm Sister Raymond Marie, originally from Michigan and stationed in Boston. So basically, this is a totally different kind of map of the United States, is what we have here (laughs) right now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I want to learn much more about the Daughters of St. Paul as a religious group, but not before I hear you sing. So why don't you start with something a cappella? How about Like the Dawning? the dawning of the morning on the mountain's golden heights like the breaking of the moonbeam on the gloom of cloudy night like a secret told by angels The Daughters of St. Paul Choir this morning on Cityscape. Who are the Daughters of St. Paul Choir, and what do you do besides sing? Well, we're, um, we were founded in 1915, and we were founded by a priest in Italy who really believed that it actually wasn't him founding us, but it was the Apostle Paul. And just as Paul went around his known world and spread the message, the story, the belief in Jesus as Savior— He believed that Paul was calling us to do the same thing. But just as Paul used letters to get that word out and to go farther than he could physically go, so are we called to use media to spread the message, the story of Jesus, through the modern means. And you folks do that, of course, through song. That's right. When did the choir come about? The choir began years ago, I would say 24, 25 years ago. And, I mean, of course, as sisters, we always sang. We sang in chapel. Um, we sang for, you know, special occasions. But then we started recording, and the recording studio was at a part of the house where everything had to stop 
for it to actually take place because everything would disturb it if otherwise. But then eventually we actually built a studio. So, you know, when we meet young people and we tell them, yeah, we have a, a sound studio in our mother house, they're like, what? You know? <laughs> so it's, a, it's quite, a, quite a combination. You're rock stars. Let's face it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> How does one become a daughter of St. Paul? Well, you would start first by, of course, contacting us. We are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We use, you know, again, the modern means of communication, whatever's available out there. Um, you would come to a retreat as well. So that's kind of like a way that we get to know you. You get to know us. You see if it's a good fit. And what happens is God may be calling you, but maybe not to us in particular. So the young woman has to see what our spirituality is, what our mission is, and see if that's a good fit for her. Now, I thought that I read online that there's an age limit, that you have to be between the ages of 18 and 30. What's that all about? Our founder, we have what's called a tradition of younger vocations. And um, it's simply something we've done through the years. And we do make exceptions after 30, maybe up to about 35. But we just find it, it works out better that way. And obviously, God won't be calling you somewhere where you can't fit into the age limit. So it, it all works out. So what happens when you hit 36? We kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> it's just uh, your entrance window, shall we say. Okay, so we want to hear more of your singing. Why don't you do Oh Little Town for us, will you? Thank you. 
You're tuned to Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. I'm George Bodarki. We're joined this morning by the Daughters of St. Paul Choir, a.k.a. the Singing Nuns. That's what you're called, right? The Singing Nuns? Yes. <laughs> you could call us that. That's the show you take on the road. That's the marquee, the Singing Nuns. You can find us on YouTube under Singing Nuns. There you go. We'll Singing Sisters. Singing Sisters. And the Facebook page, Daughters of St. Paul Choir, fan, fan page on Facebook. How often are you guys compared to Sister Act, the movie with Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> Countless times. <laughs> we were doing it first. Yeah, we you were doing yeah. it first. We beat her to it, yeah. yeah it's good publicity, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't just sing, though. You actually have choreography. Do you oh, have yeah. a choreographer? <laughs> we do a combination. It's collective. It's a collective gr- yeah. group effort. What do you like most about performing, especially during this time of year? When, when you look out at the people's faces, I think we enjoy being together and singing, but mm-hmm. it really means something to people. Like, people are crying for some of the songs. Men are crying, you know? <laughs> and um, I remember one year we sang Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and all the World War II vets were sobbing because that was their song, you know? And um, it's it's so gratifying to see that what you're doing is really touching hearts and and it means something to people. And they come up afterwards, of course, and tell us. So it's you're doing it for them. The Daughters of St. Paul Choir here with us this morning on Cityscape. Let's hear more of your music. How about some Peace on Earth? Oh, yeah. Peace on earth, peace on earth. 
The Daughters of St. Paul Choir. Now, because you're all from all over the country, how do you go about rehearsing? How do you do that, being you're stationed all over the place? Well, thank God we use the media because we have the facility of creating CDs. And Sister Bridget, our music director, actually plays our piece over the track and sends those CDs out to all of us, and we listen to those tracks over and over and over again till the sisters in our community are sick of hearing Christmas music. (laughs) Then we get together for three days before the first concert, and we go through all of the new music that we've never done before, and then we go over the older pieces of music until we have the music down pat. Then we add the choreography together. So it's kind of by miracle that we actually yeah. pull it off. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we actually do. It, it comes all together in the first day. We like sing 10 hours out of the day and kill ourselves. No, no we yeah. really don't. But it, it, Sister Kit Bridget is like, you know, slashing the whip, you know. No, but we're, we really, uh, we really all do know the music. We come a little bit prepared. But then it's our first time to kind of gel together when we come to uh, to New York three days before our first concert. And that's when we really feel the energy and everyone's into it and excited. And you know what else we do? We pray. Yes. I was going to say, when do you have time to pray? We pray a lot. We start with prayer. We, We just get together. We pray. And before every performance, everything we do before we practice, whatever, we pray. So we pray a lot. Do you get nervous? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. You actually have three Christmas albums out, right? Or are there more? Oh, my gosh, Bridget. Thank you. Four? So you are rock stars, like I said. (laughs) You tour, you have albums. (laughs) What are some of your favorite Christmas traditions? We usually put out the nativity sets, and and, um, usually a couple weeks before Christmas or, you know, towards the beginning of December. Another one, uh, when I first joined the sisters that really, I I just love it, and, and I love it when we do it in our local houses, is that after Midnight Mass, we gather around some of the creche scenes in the convent, and we actually sing lullabies to Jesus. And um, that meant a lot to me my first Christmas when I was, you know, missing my family. And I could go and and in front of a crush scene, that universal symbol of what Christmas was, and, and sing a lullaby to Jesus. So I really love that. How often do you get to see your families? If you're lucky like me and you live in Boston and the mother house is in Boston, a lot. <laughs> it just depends. And families come and fly up or drive up to see you wherever you are, too. Mm-hmm. So it's we have like a two-week vacation. Um, you can take any time during the year, usually in the summertime, but there's lots of other opportunities. Unless, of course, we have sisters really from all over. We have two sisters from Samoa, so they don't get home maybe every two, three years. But, again, modern means of communication to keep in contact. So My mom just got on Skype. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you folks blog oh, as yeah. well, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Blog. oh, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> Anne's probably our, our biggest our blogger. Most Sister blogger. Anne. Jeez. Yeah, I, I I have none blog on Blogspot, and I've been maintaining that since 2004. It took a while before I decided to go and blog actually, but I thought, well, let's just test it out. And while it's a personal blog, I do a lot about what, what's going on in our community in Chicago. Sometimes just my morning meditation on the scriptures for the weekday mass. Um, I'm also on Twitter, and what I've been doing on Twitter is a daily liturgy haiku. She's also a foodie, blogger. so she talks about food on her blog. And recipes. Yeah. And yeah. recipes. Yeah, she's from New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> and she's also on the Chicago Tribune. Yeah, the Chicago Tribune just invited me to be a guest blogger for their religion feature. Are people surprised that nuns are tweeting and Facebooking and blogging? Yes. And I used to say, well, we're media or, you know, even cell phone. If our cell phone goes off, they're like, oh, nun has a cell phone. And I used to say, well, that's because we're media nuns. And I said, wait a minute. Every nun should have a cell phone. I'm like, <laughs> so I have a blog, too. Um, it's called Hell Burns, H-E-L-L Burns, because that's my name, Sister Helena Burns. Uh. <laughs> and we really like to, um, Sister Ann and I were out in Detroit with youth ministers teaching them how to use social networking with teens and young adults. So there seems to be some fear sometimes of, um, in religious circles of the media because, you know, of the negative influences perhaps. But our founder was so positive on it, and our whole take is a very positive take. It's whatever you want it to be. You you make it what you want it to be, and you make it work for you, not against you. The Daughters of St. Paul Choir. Emphasis on the choir there because we're going to hear more of your singing. Why don't you do What Christmas Should Be? We'd love to hear that one.
The Daughters of St. Paul Choir on 90.7 FM. It's WFUV.org. I'm George Bodarki, and this is Cityscape. So, are there singing nun groupies? <laughs> actually, kind yeah. of. Yeah. We actually have, as we said, our fan page on Facebook. And I think we have, what, about 3,500 fans? Yeah. Which is cool because they're from everywhere. We've That's got people significant. From world, everywhere. It's worldwide, yeah. you know. So and In a matter of yeah. two months' time. Yeah, two or three we, months we time. started it kind of in earnest August, while yeah. we were doing our uh, recording session in August in Boston. And we started posting what we were doing, putting pictures up. And we, like, it just grew and grew and grew. We got 1,000, then we got 2,000. And it was like, wow, this thing is, like, amazing. What are some of the more memorable comments that you've gotten on Facebook or anywhere else from a fan? Well, we have a little fan in Boston. Her name is Bernadette. And she's very, very sick, this little girl who has, like, all our albums. She knows all the words to them. I forget what she has, some kind of breathing. A heart. Mm -hmm. heart a heart problem. Mm -hmm. She has oxygen. Yeah, yes. she's on oxygen. She comes to all our concerts in Boston, and we always bring her up, you know, on the altar with us. And um, so it's very interesting how people use our music. Like, some people... Uh, somebody was dying in their family and they had that playing or some people used it for like putting the kids to sleep you know it's amazing mm -hmm. the uses of the oh, music yeah. you know and we get numerous requests for concerts all over the country and it's really hard to answer them all but even these two weeks that we do Christmas concerts we had to refuse a number of places that asked us what's oh. the craziest thing that's ever happened to you while you're on the road oh my <laughs> what's god a good story getting lost in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> that was today. <laughs> oh, we've been snowed out of concerts. Yes. Of yes. We've lost habits along the road, yes. right, yeah. Sister Raymond? When the power went we out. We lost power. Concert. We lost power in the middle of the Staten Island. Big, huge concert. We had 600 people there. And Sister Bridges kept us going, and we sang the rest of it a cappella. It was great. <laughs> Sister Raymond lost her habit last yeah. year. It, it, somebody didn't close the trunk, and it blew out, out of the, the trunk the along the highway. Imagine when I arrived at where I was going. And, and it wasn't and the in the trunk. Habit to perform in just was no longer. <laughs> you can't quite go to Macy's and pick one of these up. <laughs> <laughs> no. We do a lot of impromptu concerts along the way, too. People yeah. will say, what are you guys in a restaurant. doing? What's, what is this? You know, and Oh, sing us something. Are these the habits that you wear in concert, or do you wear sequenced habits? <laughs> you know, we have only one costume change. It, we do. We wear these habits, and our big costume change happens right before the audience's eyes. We put on red scarves and gloves. <laughs> <laughs> A little contrast <laughs> to yeah. the blue. Now, your habits are blue and gray. Many mm -hmm. of us are familiar with the traditional black and white. Mm -hmm. Is there any, anything significant about your habits? We used to wear black. When I entered, it was all black. I mean, black everything, stocking, shoes, everything. Um, and then we changed because all over the world we were wearing different colors. There's warmer climates. Some were wearing white or beige or light blue. So I'm not really sure why we chose blue, but all over the world now we, we use blue. explain it. She was there. I think there were a number of reasons. Um, it first began in Italy. That's where we were founded. And so, of course, changes like this often do kind of come about gradually. There are a good number of sisters who felt it was in honor of the Blessed Mother, really. That, that wasn't the primary um, reason. It's just that white in some countries has a certain significance. Black in some countries has a certain significance. So actually blue, especially kind of a gray blue, is more neutral for the whole world. Because we're in, we're in about 55, 56 countries around the world, more than 250 communities. So we have to just kind of 
try to see what we can do culturally to blend. I think it was Sister Nancy who mentioned that she liked to deck the halls, like to decorate. So why don't we have you sing Deck the Halls here on Cityscape. at home. Deck the halls with boughs of holly, become a sister. Can't a woman do anything a sister can do without taking religious vows? Absolutely. But first of all, I could join the Peace Corps and do all kinds of great works, you know. But first of all, it's a love relationship with Jesus. He kind of goes, hey, you. And you don't expect it. You don't plan it. You don't maybe didn't even want it in the beginning. And it's so Mother Teresa once said, if when you're called, you'll know it, but you can't explain it. <laughs> How many daughters of St. Paul are there? In the world? Worldwide, I believe 20, there's about 25, 2600. Mm-hmm. The Daughters of St. Paul Choir. You can become a fan of them on Facebook. You can follow them on Twitter. Thank you all so much for coming in. Thank, Thank you. you. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to everyone. To you. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. Remember, you can get past editions of Cityscape and learn how to podcast the show at WFUV.org. And while you're online becoming a fan of the Daughters of St. Paul on Facebook, become a fan of Cityscape on Facebook. And you can also follow Cityscape on Twitter. I'm George Borarki. My thanks to Cityscape producer Skylar Srivastava and to our engineers today, Jeremy Rayner and Joe Grimaldi. Happy holidays. In the lane.
Lots of fun with Mr. Snowman Until the other kids